There's two words that are very close to each other. Only one letter difference. What? One of them is learn. Yeah. Which is what you talked about. Mm -hmm. Do all you can to learn from the things around you. The second, if you take away the R, is lean. Lean on people. Lean on other professionals out there who can give you. I just came up with that while I was sitting here. I'm so what? Tacky? Did you say tacky? (laughs) Tacky. I'm wacky. Change another word. Change the T to a W and I'm wacky. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Welcome to another episode of Level Up. Katie and Daniel here. Welcome to another week. Hello. Hello. So today we are getting right into it because it's me introducing things and I'm not going to ramble like some other people we might know. But I'm holding the microphone. So we are talking about timing the market and working with clients and just kind of figuring out how we navigate around those types of questions as we receive them and as we have been receiving them with this crazy ass market we're dealing with. I I think it's... It's probably like an always asked question. Crazy. I mean, True. Ev- the market's always going to be stupid. And, yeah, and- but when it's a seller's market, it's like buyers are like, okay, it's going to crash, so let's wait. Or, you know, there's a lot more questions about when is this going to stop being so crazy. Right. And when it's a buyer's market, sellers are saying, is now, all right, all right, is now all right. really a good time? True. When okay. is a good time? All What's right. going to happen? Tell me the future. Okay. Yes. I have to get my ramble in. Okay. We haven't yet begun. We've only just begun. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, I think there's more than just those questions. Like timing the market is everything. It's, it's well, yeah, how even, we make the decisions yeah. we make in, in making offers, not making offers, buying or selling first. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is as important or more a question than what should I price at? You know, what am I going to get? What should I offer? Like, these are all the big questions. And I think um, deciding how and when to approach a real estate decision is something that everybody out there wants to know, including agents. Yeah. Like, it's on us to be more knowledgeable on this stuff than the people we're dealing with so we can give some good advice. But it is. it's a moving target in real life. Like it's not the same answer every time you look at a situation because the economy and the environment is constantly changing as well. Yeah. So that's the ramble. All right. Thank you. I wanted to get in and our introduction is now complete (laughs) moving into the body of the podcast. So yeah, we can talk about just different, maybe, maybe more common questions that we get as realtors. Is that how you want to kind of, Talk about things, or yeah. Just I mean, if if this stuff. was a call-in show, people could ask us the questions. Yeah. But well, I think the main thing, and I mean, this is something that obviously clients rely on us for because it's based on our experience, just based on what we're seeing in the market, because we're in the market constantly, and people, you know, 
clients are coming in and out. They don't know what's going on day to day. So it really comes down to your experience and, and intuition to properly guide your clients. And you're not always going to be right. That's the thing. It's if everybody had a crystal ball, then we'd all be billionaires and breaking in the it's true. cash money. It's like I always say, we're not always right, but we're never wrong. You always say that? Always. <laughs> never heard it. I may say that in every episode from this point forward. But you did. You brought up two words in what you just said. Let me guess. Intuition. That's one of them. Experience. Those are the two. I'm impressed. <laughs> but those two speak in counterintuitive ways because one of them is forward-looking and one of them is backward-looking. True. And I think that's a very important point, not to get ahead of the point you might have been about to make, but when we talk about what we know, what we can be confident saying, and where we should be confident sort of stating fact versus opinion, that's a really big factor when it comes to these questions we get asked. Because Mm -hmm. people are asking for us to tell them the future. And where our intuition and our experience will kind of coexist to help paint a picture of what we think is likely. All we can say that is fact is what has already happened. Right. And to a a similar degree, what we're in right now. Mm -hmm. Like we can speak about the environment today, but anybody who speaks in, in an absolute terms about tomorrow is full of shit. Yeah. I think we well, can be more confident. I mean, we can be yeah, informed. I wouldn't say they're full of shit. I'm just thinking that. Well, when I, but absolute meaning like this is what's going to happen. Right. You can't tell the future. You can just be more informed and yeah. you can use the information you have to paint a much clearer, more likely picture for somebody. Absolutely. Than just saying, uh, my neighbor told me this, so that's going to happen. Or I heard that if interest rates go up, the market's going to crash. Yeah. Like, those are generalizations that could factor in. Yeah. But for me, the biggest umbrella point to all of this is that we know more than these people who are asking questions. And we can get more data and information than anybody else to try to see where trends were in the past. Like, I think it's important to do your own digging and get some more education on what markets have done in the past and just keep an eye on how things are going because it can really be telling. And a lot of times we don't even take the time to do that. So there's a lot of resources you can go to, to take a look at that and just get more information, follow people um, on social media that are more in the know and just talk about it, economists, all those kinds of things that that can be really helpful. And to make that a part of your kind of weekly routine to keep on top of what's coming up and what we should be aware of. Because the best you can do for your client in any situation is to basically lay out the landscape, what might happen and what the, what, how that could impact things. But there's never, as you said, any absolute guarantees that it's going to happen. But it's all what your clients are willing to tolerate in terms of risk. Yeah, well, I, th- I think... It's fair to be able to lay like a spectrum, like a a best worst case scenario for people and be Mm -hmm. confident in that. Like if you're able to give somebody a a range of possibilities and sort of peg the likelihood, you know, somewhere in the middle, but here's what could happen this way, here's what could happen that way. And also staying on top of things in real time, right? Like we've had a lot of clients even prior to the holidays Mm -hmm. who we're wondering whether or not should we sell before the holidays? Should we sell after the holidays? You know, pandemic, yeah. weather, whatever, holidays were all factors. 
But at the same time, we're talking to them, you know, a month and a half ago about values and expectations in that Market. place and maybe making some claims about what could be if they did it after here we are after and it's a different market right mm-hmm. and a lot of what we would have said is not wrong but we can tailor what we said then and update them to what is real now yeah right and and that gives you additional touch points that you can have with your clients mm-hmm. all the time or even past clients like what you're seeing and being able to share that either through your own type like putting a video together or just sending like news articles or whatever like everybody is always interested in what's going on in the real estate market so if you can give people an educated perspective they always appreciate it and it just gives you that added um, ability to keep in touch with them yeah and you, well you talked about reading things staying informed there's two words that are very close to each other. Only one letter difference. What? One of them is learn. Yeah. Which is what you talked about. Mm-hmm. Do all you can to learn from the things around you. The second, if you take away the R, is lean. Okay. Lean on people. Lean on other professionals out oh, there God, who can so give you. Tacky. I just came up with that while I was sitting oh, here. I'm God. so what? Tacky? Not Did you tacky. say tacky? <laughs> Like, I'm wacky. Change wacky. another word. Change the T to a W and I'm wacky. It's not wacky. It's just... It's... I'm... I don't know. I can't yeah. change other. Corny, corny. That's what I'm you are. Definitely corny, <laughs> but but no. But I mean, if if that will help you to think about the things you can do, like it's not just about knowing what you know. It's yeah. about constantly taking more in from the sources and resources that are out there. But also, you can't be expected to know everything and represent mm-hmm. you know everything. That's why we work alongside people like mortgage professionals and lawyers. And all sorts of other people, people who have had experiences with buildings you're looking at or developers or whatever, mm-hmm. lean on them, yeah. right? You don't have to take the, the fi- a financing course to understand what, like, what interest rate impact is going to be and what could happen based on all that yeah. and appraisals. Talk to the people and lean on them and just ask questions and let them educate you. Yeah. Um, or connect your clients with these people to yeah. help educate them to support you. It's the same as when, and I know we're talking about timing the market, but like when we talk about inspectors and inspections, yeah, it's easy for us to point out things and to like be a professional that gives people a perspective on their own home. Mm-hmm. But how much more clout does it have when you bring in an inspector or a stager whose job it is to do that? Yeah. So it's the same thing when we're talking about timing the market from a cost and and pricing perspective and demand and supply and all that. Mm -hmm. Lean on the people who do these things also. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also base your your, uh, I guess, advice on also what you've lived yourself and what you've been through and the experiences that you've had. Like if you can bring real life examples into a situation or an explanation of why you should or should not consider it, it makes it feel a lot more real to the other person. Like if you say, oh, this could happen versus you saying, oh, actually last year when I was working with a client, this is the situation that happened and this is what we did. Mm -hmm. um, That makes it feel like, okay, I should be aware of this or like the perfect example and it's something i've been thinking about a lot lately this better be a perfect example perfect (laughs) well not perfect but it's just something i've been thinking about a lot and that is the life cycle of a buyer in this market in it is on repeat it it rarely deviates from this course so basically a buyer comes into the market a realtor typically educates them on on how competitive it is there's multiple offers all that kind of stuff the first offer 
or the first time they see a property that they love, they might not want to make an offer because they don't feel like they're ready. Mm -hmm. That's either A, um, and then they regret it down the line, or B, they do go in and, and make an offer that isn't even close to what the home will sell for with tons of conditions. And like conditions are one thing that, you know, it sucks, but buyers are having to just take them out of the offer in order to compete. Um, but they start very conservative. Mm -hmm. And as the months go by, and I'm talking months because like with limited inventory right now and the competition, it is taking buyers a considerably longer time to find a place. And at that point, they are so desperate most of the time, either they take themselves completely out of the market or they just go bonkers on a property that it doesn't even compare to the first one they saw, right. take out all their conditions, like do whatever they need to get it. And then they get it and it's really not even a relief for them. They're like, crap, I've just put myself in a crap load of risk because I didn't put in my, my conditions. Mm -hmm. I probably overpaid for this house. Is it going to appraise? And as realtors, we're obviously giving them the advice and these are the risks. But like at some point, people just get to that point. And I'm trying to find a way, and if you have any advice or if anybody else has any advice on how to better communicate that to a buyer when you first start working with them. And maybe it's just bringing in like yep. case studies or something because yeah. you can say it, but it's like they have to live it well, before they believe you. Well, that's, I mean, you know that that's my rule of thumb mm -hmm. with our agents is I like to have very quickly my buyer clients lose. Yeah. Bad. Right. And and not and hopefully with with one like go in with whatever you feel. But like I give them the context yes. up front that you're not going to get this, but mm -hmm. you're going to see how this works. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and if we get it, it's normally at a price that they're more than happy to pay anyway with right. conditions that no one's going to accept anyway. Hmm. But they need to see it. But the other thing that I do and I don't put it in such technical terms, but I immediately get a feel for what their their tolerance for Risk. the pain is mm. like what's your how exposed to headaches are you willing to be and and it also gives me a perspective on whether this is a client I really want to work with mm. because if it's someone who's got urgency you need to get in front of them right now and say listen you know there's someone who's going to be up against you the first time you're out there who is at their breaking point that you're going to be at three months from now right and they're overpaying or well compared yeah. to where they were at but these houses aren't changing. And the only thing that keeps people from doing that is this belief in timing the market that things are – it can't go on like this forever. Right. This isn't and it sustainable. Keeps going. <laughs> yeah. The prices are going to go down. And don't get me wrong. You can show all the charts in the world where the line just keeps going up and people will still say, okay, all that does is support the theory that this is a bubble that's going to burst. It's yeah. just like – well, it, it very and, well and, might. And Who it knows? might. And, yeah. and you need to be comfortable as a realtor and as a professional to not just expect to say, I told you so to people, but to mm -hmm. also run the risk of them saying, I told you so to you. Right. Because you're there, again, with their best interests in mind. You're not doing things. If you're a good realtor, and you all are, you're not doing things to make the quickest buck possible. Yeah. Right? You're not telling people to go no conditions $800,000 above asked because it's going to get you the deal. Mm -hmm. It's about what is it they're looking for? So early on, before you even start the process, like we talk about this in other sessions. Yeah. Are their expectations even reasonable right now? Right. Yeah. And if they're not, that's red flag number one. And you want to get that all out in the open right at the beginning. Absolutely. Um, not just for your own sanity, but they're going to hate you 
thinking that you lied to them if you just take them down the road only to dash well, their dreams. it's a waste of everybody's time and you're setting yourself up for disappointment. You're going to waste, yeah. It's just, it's just a bad situation. The more upfront you can be with your clients about everything, the better off you're going to be. Like even if you know there's risk, tell them the risk. Tell, tell them what could happen. If they choose to move forward with it, you have told them and you know, they're, they're making their own decision, but you're telling them all the, all the things that could go wrong. Now there, it's also important to note that you have to f- finesse that as well, because I've spoken to buyers who have worked with agents and those agents have completely talked them out of a situation that they've regretted not moving forward with something because the agent's like, well, no, like the home inspection revealed this, we should get them to fix all of this stuff or mm. we shouldn't move forward with this offer. And it's just like, well, they're not going to like, you know, let's be reasonable here. Like I know agents want to like get as much for their clients as possible, but there's, there's also that line. So it's really about figuring out, okay, if your client is let, let's say going 800,000 over what we think is value for a home, then at that point we should probably stop them. But you know, at the end of the day, it's their decision. And if they want, if they recognize they're overpaying and they want to do that, then you've told them the risks and and let them move forward with it. It's like crossing out conditions, things mm-hmm. like that. Like it's our job to honestly, in, in some senses, it's our job to make sure we can sleep well at night. Yes. Right. And and we just went through this yesterday. There was a yeah. like we don't have to go into the details, but you had a deal you were working on yesterday mm-hmm. where there was something about the negotiations that probably was nothing. Mm-hmm. But you knew that if you didn't ask the question, whether or not it's going to kill the deal or whatever, you'd have this uncomfortable feeling that something could go wrong, yeah. unlikely as it is. And so ask the question, Yeah, Lay get it all comfort, out. Yeah. tell the client what your concern is. And if they yeah. want to walk away, it's not because you made them walk away. It's because you did what was right. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and when it comes to timing the market, I've never had a client ever in my life when I tell them in plain English that I don't have a crystal ball. Mm -hmm. Like when I say, listen, I have the information that can help make an informed decision today and I've got a pretty good understanding of where things could go and what the risks are of waiting and missing, but I can't tell you if prices are going to be higher or lower by what percent. Mm -hmm. Nobody has ever said, well, that's bullshit. You should know. That's your job, right? Because no, how could anybody, Right. even outside of a lunatic, crazy world yeah, that we're in right now? But you can educate yourself and know based on like statistics and information. Right. Like if you know there's an interest rate hike coming right. soon, then you can rely on that information. And that still makes you see, seem informed, even though you don't have the answer. Yeah. Well, and we are informed. Yeah. Like that's it. Like we give them everything we have, most of which they don't have. So yeah. we do educate them more than they were when they started talking I know. to us. But what I'm saying is that like, it's, it, it's much more impressive to a client if they ask you, okay, well, where do you think the market's going? And you say, well, it's, I don't have a crystal ball. It's too hard well, to okay, know. Yeah, versus, I, I, no, no, I'm not saying you're saying that, but I'm, yes, just, you are. I'm giving the example versus, well, you know, these are the factors that are at play currently. Like there's mm-hmm. a lack of, lack of supply right now. It's at an all time low. And, you know, for those reasons, we would expect that the prices will still continue to go up. However, if there's an interest rate hike, you know, historically that has impacted prices in this way or that way. Um, So yeah, just kind of giving some context to your insight is helpful. Well, and being armed with honestly three or four key indicators Mm -hmm. at all times. So like you mentioned a couple, interest rates, supply, demand, 
you know, immigration is a big one we talk about now mm-hmm. that there's a massive bottleneck of people waiting to get into the country and specifically the greater, you know, the metropolitan areas mm-hmm. and they're going to need somewhere to live. Now, yeah. whether it's going to be rentals or buying or whatever, who knows, you know, know about what the trends are with foreign investment and with things like that. The more of these things you've got, you're not always going to have to pull every arrow out of your, what do you call it? What's the thing that holds arrows? Your sack. No, it's not a sack. <laughs> it's like a something. Either, Satchel? No, no, a satchel's like a sack. A satchel's like another word for a sack. <laughs> I would put arrows in a sack. It's like a, it's a weird word, like a, like a zither. What? I think it's a zither. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up. All oh, right. what is it? Um, oh, I don't know what it is. But anyway, you're looking it up now. Yeah. But yeah, you, you want to be able to pull on whatever information you have when it's relevant, not just for the sake of sounding smart. Because mm-hmm. if you try to sound too smart, you sound stupid. Right. You sound like you're trying too hard and you're feeding the exact same line that you're always feeding. Quiver? Quiver, yeah. Not what did I say? Zither? Zither. I knew it was a what, weird what first is a letter. Zither? A zither some, is a zither an instrument? Look up zither. I think a zither is an instrument. An I'm gonna, instrument? I'm gonna say it's like a it's like a small like a ukulele kind of thing. I'm probably really what wrong. Is a zither. Zither, it is an instrument. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like a, a harp. Stringed instrument. Okay. Strung instrument. <laughs> did, I, did I kind of like? All right. I didn't really save myself there, but kind of. Yeah. Um, but in any case, that was a good sidebar. But yeah, so don't pull your zither out. <laughs> but just have information is mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Yes. And when it's appropriate, you have it to pull from. Mm-hmm. From your quiver. From your quiver. All right. So, okay. So another question we brought up early, earlier, which is one that is a little bit easier for me. And I think for you too, to answer with a little bit more certainty is when someone says, should I buy or sell first? Mm. Um, and it's a common thing, especially like when markets are going one way or the other, people are worried about different things. Um, before I say what I say, mm-hmm. there's always the qualifying point of every situation is different. Right. Yeah. If people have certain factors that are driving them to need to buy, need to sell, if finances are a certain way, if there's, you know, family things in play, mm-hmm. those will all impact the decision beyond strictly a from a real estate perspective, what's better. Right. However, when they ask the question, and I think you give the same answer as me, mm-hmm. it's what is more difficult right now in mm-hmm. the market we're in? Mm-hmm. Do that first. Mm-hmm. Because if something's more difficult, it's going to take longer, be more of a stretch. And the problem with timing your buy and your sell is if one is easy and one is hard, the hard one, if it pushes past when you set the first one, you can put yourself in a really tough spot. So if you buy really quick and you have a tough time selling, you could be stuck holding two properties, which is costly. If you sell really quick, but you have a tough time buying, you could be homeless. Mm-hmm. And so both of those are not situations you want to be subject but to. But what would to. you prefer? Because some people do have family they can live with if they don't find oh, a yeah. place in time, if worse comes to worse. Absolutely. And some people prefer that no matter what kind of a market that we're in. Because if you look back to the GTA's 2016, 2017 market, there were tons of people that had bought mm-hmm. and figured, okay, selling's a no, pro- no problem. And then the market just hits a stall and then people right. get desperate. Um, and well, so that's the, that's the risk of doing either wrong is if desperation is right. going to be a factor. Yes. 
And it's just, that's the thing. Like you never know because you don't know what the market's going to end up doing. Well, so that's yeah. just like, just a little plain, a little devil's advocate. But that's why the questions are important. Like I have a yeah. client coming up now who right. um, they're looking to sell and they are looking to buy. However, there's uncertainty about um, the wife in the relationship about where she's going to land a job. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they're not yet sure where they want to end up with buying, but they know that they want to sell. Right. So because of that... We're not going to wait till she finds a job right. because they're comfortable, to your point, living with family, you know, short-term leasing, whatever it is. Right. But they want to take advantage of the market right now to sell their place. Their family's growing. They want more space, even if it is short-term for the moment. Right. And in a situation like that, yeah, it's easier to sell now, but they're not ready to buy yet. Yeah. And they're comfortable, to your point, not having a place they own for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's like those, yeah, those are the questions. Those are the, you know, figuring out the risk tolerance and the preferences of your clients um, and guiding them accordingly. It's all about asking questions. Ask more questions than you do talking and telling because the more you find out about them, like that's the thing, like you reveal, you, you really, when you think about it, we all don't really ask enough questions at the beginning than we should. Right. And it's really about getting them talking as much as possible and really getting to know their situation and just their personalities. Like sometimes they'll say to you, oh, I'd rather, I'd rather buy first, but then like they're talking and they're making these, these comments and it, you're, you can start thinking, okay, maybe it's better that you, you do the opposite. Right. So yeah. yeah, Reading into people's, into people's sentiment, like the, what's the word? Like the their cues yeah well yeah everything they say is important Mm -hmm. everything and the less you talk and the more you listen the better and coming from me and and that is how i am with people hard as it is to believe you want to gather all the information yeah what were you gonna say you have two ears and one mouth for a reason no thank you for that (laughs) it's true um but this is Probably as important in a different sense for adding more arrows to your quiver. (laughs) Because when people are saying things to you, you're not taking it all so that you can spit it all out, spit it all back at them right away. But these are the mental notes you need to have throughout your relationship with them. And write down your mental notes. Don't just keep them. Yeah, don't keep them mental because you'll remember (laughs) things that hold arrows as zithers and it won't come out right. But you need to take note of what they say and when it's appropriate, you combine those things that you learn from them with all yeah. those other things you've learned about the market, the economy, yeah, whatever. And that is what creates a custom response to them that's relevant and makes sense. A hundred P, yo. A hundred P. Hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> Anywho, anything else for you today, no, sir? I Any could, more rambles? Any more? Forever. Maybe I should leave and you can just keep going, see how long. You could be like a Joe Rogan podcast. Everybody who wants this to become like a half an hour of us followed by three hours of ranting, (laughs) feel free to comment and tell me what you want me to rant about and I'd be more than happy. Or if you want Katie to rant, that's cool too. My rants would be a lot quicker. She can do a good rant. (laughs) She can rant. She's just, you know, she's self-editing during this podcast right now. That is not true. It's true. No. (laughs) okay all right well there's a lot of things that go into timing and there's a lot of questions that come but i think 
the key is it's a combination of knowing your shit, being confident mm-hmm. in what has already happened, what's happening now, and the factors that impact the future. Mm-hmm. And be able to construct arguments and responses to people in ways that package that with what you've learned about them. Yeah. And that's why like role playing with colleagues is really important because everybody gets the same questions. So coming up with a confident answer based on what you know, and the confidence comes from the learning and the knowledge that you have about the market and about the, the past and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it all comes at full circle. It does. Like it, the circle of life. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> We should, we should start having like the buttons with songs that we like superimpose it over over our voices. That would be good. It, <laughs> okay, Rose, if you're listening to this, she's editing our first podcast. Can you just like yeah, circle of life? <laughs> yeah, did it do it okay? Yeah. Anyway, I don't even know what we were talking about anymore. So we done. Let's shut we her out. down. Let's shut it down. And. Uh, <laughs> can't shut it down it's shut it's shut i'm just gonna stop talking goodbye have a good week bye (laughs) goodbye building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt pivot and constantly master new skills We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up.